0: Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Electric Underground podcast. This one is a very special one, a very long time in the making, and I'm very excited to have today's guests, Moglar and Jamers. Welcome to the episode, my dudes.
1: Hey. Hey, hey, hey. How is it going? (laughs) It's been a while, yeah?
0: It has been a while. And the reason why I wanted to bring you two on, of course, the main topic that we'll get to a little bit later on is Moglar's recent world record score in Ketsui. And this is pretty unprecedented stuff, at least in recent memory for me. And I want to give context to this for the listeners out there. So when I first joined the shmup world around 2018 or so, I remember having a conversation with Plasma and other Western players and basically just saying, man, wouldn't it be cool if someone from the West was actually able to break one of these Japanese world records in you know, the popular cave shmups? And the kind of idea was like, yeah, sure. I remember Eagle even said when we we're talking about Battle Grega, he's like, I don't even know where some of these points are coming from with the world record scores in Grega. So it seemed like, you know, it just wasn't going to happen anytime soon. But I, I said to Plasma, I said, you know, I bet at some point some random guy, some kid from who knows where in the West is just going to be insane and it's going to pick up the genre and beat one of these scores. I need to find the message somewhere on Discord. I was reminding Plasma about that. And lo and behold, such a thing happened. Moglar appeared, blew all our minds even early on. And then from there, just kept destroying Ketsui to the point where he got the world record scores. So it's pretty monumentous achievement, I would say. One of the most impressive gaming achievements I've ever seen in my life. So I'm really excited to have him on the show. And I also decided to bring Jamers on because... Jamers is a much better Ketsui player than I am, and I wanted to sort of fill out the knowledge base, because Jamers himself, of course, an amazing, amazing player. And also, from what I understand, Ketsui is Jamers' favorite shmup, isn't that right?
1: It's pretty high up there, yeah, I'd say.
0: (laughs) So, I thought it'd be great to have both of you on the show to discuss not only Mogler's world record score, but also Ketsui in depth, because... This game is just getting more and more into my blood. I've been playing it a lot lately, and I think, you know, it's one of my favorites, absolutely, and you can't talk about it enough. So I thought we'd begin the episode by getting a little bit of update on how you all have been doing what you are all been up to in shmupping land, because it has been a long time. Moglar, we know, has been destroying Ketsui, but outside of just Ketsui, Moglar, have you been playing any other shmups or any other sort of games been on your mind? Mm,
2: no, not really any other shmups.
0: And how about you, Jamers?
2: Ah uh, Yeah, you
1: know me. Always looking for some cool <laughs> cool shit to play, cool shit to showcase, and uh, having a good time. And it's, it's always like something or something or another that's probably I'm just playing or just looking into something cool I can do for the channel, I guess. So um, for me, it's basically the same as always. <laughs> Have
0: there been any standout shmups? Because what I love about your channel is whenever I look for like, oh, is there any cool new shmups coming around? Especially smaller, like indie ones. I always look at your channel because it's always a great source for that. Is there, has there been any recent releases that have stood out to you as like more people need to pay attention to this?
1: Yeah, there's like so many like new things coming out nowadays. It's it's like really hard to like keep up with it. So there are quite a bunch of games I um, still need to do, or still want to do. But I haven't gotten around to it, but uh, yeah, yeah, there are some really cool ones coming out. Uh,
0: one that kind of caught my eye, and I think you've been playing it, is that Chinese Toho Devil and Blue something or other that oh. has like the really good graphics. Have you been putting a lot of time into that at all?
1: Uh, I think that's like Blue Devil in the Belvedere or something. Yes,
0: yeah. that's it. Yes.
1: Yeah, that's a, it's a really good one. It's probably like the prettiest like, like Toho fan game I've seen. The gameplay is pretty solid as well. That's like high which always. It's always a good time. Oh, it's cool. <laughs> always a good time.
0: Ground enemies anywhere? <laughs> that's like the biggest Toho fan game. added ground enemy, maybe.
1: Nah, not, Not here. No, not this time.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I played it for like a little bit. The game has like a bunch of like... crazy achievements. <laughs> like there's one um for like an LNN. Or, like a lunatic, no miss no bomb. Oh, wow. Oh,
0: well, that's cool. And what's the percentage on the achievement? Like 0.001%? or something as far as like the player base
1: it's something like uh one percent or two percent yeah
0: i actually didn't like achievements for a long time because i thought they were kind of a waste of time until i realized that they give you that little percentage of how many other players have gotten the achievement and from that point i was like "Oh, okay i like these now because whenever i get an achievement in a shmup it makes me feel like oh cool you know especially when it's like sub one percent or two percent, three percent of the players get the achievement, so I'm kind of growing fond of that. Actually,
1: I've never. Had yeah, it's, it's cool them. whenever they do that. He also has like achievements for like scoring as well, which is interesting. Of so cool. it has like a, a balance of both like survival and scoring, and uh, the score requirement is, is pretty. uh score requirement is pretty high as well. Uh. It's pretty pretty hard to get that one.
0: And so speaking of the library of shmups. One of the things that I definitely want to get both of your opinions on is when it comes to Ketsui, even though it is a cave game and, you know, cave games all have very similar sort of designs and, you know, they're a family of games. But to me, it always feels like Ketsui sort of stands out among other cave games. And so I thought it'd be fun to get your guys' thoughts on what do you think are the most distinctive elements of Ketsui that are very, very particular to that game that you're not going to find, even among its cave brethren.
2: I don't know if it would really stand out too much to me. I think most cave games are mostly, like, um... They stand out due to being, like, a different combination of, like, score mechanics that cave will sometimes, uh... use multiple times. Right. There's the, the lock-on shot. That's, um...
0: Oh, That's huge.
2: Yeah, I think, uh fatari um abnormal palm kind of has a lock-on shot as well but um it's pretty unique still uh, it's very
1: different than that in that game yeah
2: pretty, yeah it is pretty different know, yeah. it was the first um cave game to use like the multiplier uh, cash in cash out thing which um also got oh brought really back for, i think uh, yeah i'm pretty sure um and it got brought back for like a Futari Maniac and God mode and whatnot, but it's not used too often and uh I think the patterns in the game um a lot of people seem to agree are kind of strange
0: sometimes. Like, yes. Hell yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely.
2: Which, which I really like. And um I also like Pro Gear does it as well, I think, and I really like that in both games.
0: I definitely agree there. A lot of those patterns really stand out.
2: I guess on the multiple loop system as well. But I mean most Oh hell yeah. Most players don't get to either of them, but yeah.
0: <laughs> But they do exist. They're definitely there. Yeah. And we'll we'll definitely talk about the loops later on because I do want to get in depth on that. Mm. Anything that stands out to you, Jamers, about Katsui versus its shmup brethren?
1: Yeah, I'd definitely say like um uh, with the lock on system. Like quite unique for this game, I think. But also like it's like a very fun thing as well. Just go like go up to an enemy this close up and then they like the tick-tick-tick-tick-tick, get all the locks on on it. That
0: sound effect is notorious. That's like, yeah, (laughs) it's it's very
1: satisfying. It's very fun to play, fun to do. Yeah, the it also has, like, some pretty unique patterns, I'd say, that makes it kind of stand out. Mm -hmm. A lot of, like, like the curving things on the C2 boss, for example, like, on the walls, that's pretty unique. Yes. And for Cave.
0: Speaking about the lock-on system, and especially playing Panzer, I sort of had to get a little bit more in depth with a lock-on system in certain parts is that what's crazy about it that you don't really see like if you play donanpachi for example, you can't do this where if you want to like clear out a bunch of popcorn, but you also want to kill a big enemy at the same time. And donanpachi unless you have a huge wide shot, you know, maybe you can do it that way. But in ketsui what's really cool is you can lock on to a larger enemy and then sort of slide over to the left side of the screen and use the lock-on to sort of take out the popcorn, you can, like, bend your shot around the screen with the lock-on. And I think it really changes the way you can route and the way you can do different things in the game, even with Panzer, as opposed to if you're playing a narrow shot type in It's Yeah, the lock-on system, I think, is really innovative. And I don't know, has any other shmup had something even close to that that I can think of?
1: Before that time, I... I don't think so. It got, it got copied a lot, of course, after after the game came out, right. but I think yeah. before that, I'm not sure. No, not in not in not in the yeah, same not, style. There's not that like, type of lock shot. There's like Super Garantai that has like a different kind of lock shot, but it's yeah, my like, like a cone that like... like targets things. It's not the same thing, man. right? Yeah,
2: yeah. That is very very different type of lock shot. Yeah.
0: I wonder where they got the inspiration. Is there any sort of uh, notes on that where they might have been inspired to come up with that? If so, I don't
2: sure. know. <laughs> maybe, maybe it exists, <laughs> like it but uh, we, would, we don't have it on us right now.
0: And speaking of, another another thing about Katsui that comes up a lot whenever I discuss Katsui, whenever I have uh, videos about Katsui on the channel, is a lot of people talk about, man, wouldn't it be great if there was a sequel to Ketsui? Why didn't Cave make a sequel to Ketsui? and I don't think that's going to happen anytime, but what would you guys say, in your experience, is the closest game to sort of a sequel or follow-up to Ketsui? Mm-hmm. Or what game, if you just want something really close to Ketsui or as close as possible, what game would that be?
2: Well, I think the obvious answer here would be Ketsui DX. DX <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes very <laughs> it's
2: a very similar game spiritual successor yeah i have not played it myself yet though also there's obviously the um that to back black label range
0: yeah ketsupachi so
2: that, yeah yeah, yeah yeah battle traverse has some similarities for sure mm-hmm. but uh oh yeah it feels Pretty different, but it has a lot of mechanical similarities. So I don't know what to think of that.
0: Yeah, it's like the they're kind of going for like a horizontal Ketsui type thing with that. Even the patterns kind of look like Ketsui patterns. It has
2: um, uh, if you're closer to enemies, you get higher multiplier. But if um, that doesn't like stick into the lock on shot. And there's a uh, multiplier management again, like in Ketsui with caching and caching out. But yeah. it I played it again recently. It doesn't feel too similar. It just has some mechanical similarities.
0: Yeah, that was gonna be one of the ones I would say. So yeah, I'm glad you mentioned and... that one. Jammer. What do you think? Jammer's might
2: know some more.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say uh, belt first as well. I guess like before, like way back, I think the closest thing to Katsui we had was um, yeah, like this German game called like X Extra. It's like a very obscure little uh, little German shmup. I don't, I don't if was really was it good. It was pretty. It's pretty nice. It was pretty nice. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was exactly like a sweet. It was. mostly. It's mostly had like the point blank mechanic. you had like, uh, like the times five when you got the like, an enemy, and then got lower, like farther away you got from an enemy. That was like the closest thing we had to uh, like <laughs> a sweet back then. I think I have video of that on my channel. It's fairly obscure. It's very old as well.
2: I think I might vaguely remember
0: it. One game that kind of. I'm not saying it's like directly like Ketsui, but I always kind of feel like might be in a similar ballpark is a Crimson Clover. Some aspects of that game kind of remind me a little bit of Ketsui. The lock-on system is different, but there's still a lock-on system and kind of, it feels like the scoring isn't, I mean, it's different, but it's not totally different from Ketsui the way you kind of have to do, you kill it with the shot and then you uh, use the lock for the multiplier and all that sort of stuff. But uh, I might be off, out in left field here what do you guys think of that is do you feel like there's a similarity between crimson clover and Ketsu? there is the
2: multiplier timer thing um but i think it's more similar to aspirate than on uh, ketsu because you normally take out um you, you can do it on both smaller large enemies but you usually take out larger enemies to start the multiplier and um the multiplier can also like reach very high numbers and last for very long a long amount of time. Where Katsui is, uh, they make sure you can't really keep it for too long, generally.
0: Right, yeah. yeah. That, that's actually great you, bring, you brought up Esperade, because that was going to be another one that I was thinking of maybe putting in here, where it's like the scoring system, again, I'm not really expert on both of the scoring systems, but it does feel like a little bit of a predecessor to yeah. Katsui, at least with the chips and everything.
2: I agree. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Um, mainly the... The multiplier system in s and then um, Ketsu's system where you uh, start a timer and then can lock-kill things. Those are kind of similar. They're, yeah, like in the, pretty, the Fever mode.
1: Pretty kind of, similar, uh, yeah. 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 like more cubes doing Fever mode. That likes, makes it easier to like chain. That's kind of maybe kind of a bit similar.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can't think of... Is there anything else that comes to mind? Because I'm sure people... A lot of people ask for this. I'm like, uh... I <laughs> can't... Those are the best things I could get. Like, from before? Is there any, some random Toho game, Jamers, that, like, has a lock-on mechanic or something?
2: Probably.
1: Uh, The Belvedere has one. (laughs) Oh,
0: really? There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Full circle.
1: Yeah, there's there's a bunch of shots I've seen that have, like, the the Katsui lock-on, but they're not, like, directly in, like, a Katsui game, (laughs) but, uh... It's the other ones, of shots. It's it's copied a lot, the lock-on. You can see, like, something's all over the place. (laughs) There's, like, a random shot type that uses it.
0: Like we said, even with uh, the arrange in DFK, right? The Ketsu-Pachi arrange. The the game feels like a a kind of fun little hybrid between Ketsui and DFK. Mm. That's that's an arrange I actually really enjoy.
2: Unfortunately, 80% of the score comes from that milk, very tragic.
0: Whoops. <laughs> so other aspects of Ketsui that have been brought up before that I wanted to discuss a little bit, because I thought that most players just agreed Ketsui visually is really excellent looking, and it's one of my favorite looking shmups of all time. But I remember on Discord, I got into a discussion where people were saying, no, I don't like the way Ketsui looks. I don't like its graphical style. I was like, okay, well let me think uh let me see what other people think. It might just be me. Personally I love the graphical stylings of Ketsui and the way it looks and I guess it's not technically pixel art, but I kinda you know it's whatever you call it, bit art of some kind, and I really enjoy it, but I wanted wanted to get your guys' thoughts. What do you think of the graphical styling of Ketsui, especially compared to other cave schmubs?
2: Yeah, um DOJ onwards a lot of people feel uh, pretty strongly about <laughs> The graphics, a lot of people um, do not like it much at all. Um, but I like it. I think it looks pretty good. The pi- Some of the pixel art from the earlier games um, before DOJ does look really incredible, though. I definitely cannot disagree with that. I think uh, even afterwards, cave games look quite good, in my opinion. Maybe I'm crazy, I don't know.
0: Well, yeah, and I I was wondering, too, like, what exactly... I guess it's like one of those things where everyone a lot of people dislike stuff like Donkey Kong Country because it's pre-rendered or whatever. Yeah. I personally love Donkey Kong Country's visuals, <laughs> and so maybe that's where the the divide is coming from where I'm not a huge purist when it comes to pixel art. Oh, it needs to be just so. I don't mind like pre-rendered sort of stuff, you know, as long as it fits in and doesn't look strange and bizarre. I think it works, and so yeah. I do like a lot I think of the- so too graphical stylings of katsui and i think a lot of the ship models and stuff are really intricate and really awesome looking
1: yeah yeah i probably like ddp and aspirate i guess have like probably have the best pixel art i guess mm, yeah but um yeah i do like like how katsui looks and i do like how we're like teaming and like the atmosphere
2: it gives
0: absolutely and the backgrounds of the game, I also think, are pretty underrated. Yeah,
2: I, I do agree. I think Esperade especially looks really incredible to me. It's probably the best looking cave game in my opinion.
0: Yeah, it's definitely up there. I always felt like Esperade is like really heavily inspired by like anime from the '90s, like Akira and everything. It, it, I, it seems kind of an obvious comparison to me, but maybe I'm just reading into that. But I really love the way that game looks. One of my favorites for sure.
1: Yeah, it does kind of like feel like the world, like like where people like live in, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, really detailed. One thing I like about Ketsui's environments is I like how they sort of flow into one another between the stages, right. rather than being this real distinctive. Okay, now we're at the mall. Now we're at the bay. Now we're in this terminal. I do like how it flows into one another, and it's like you're attacking a, a stretch of land, right, rather than just you know, save stating between different locations or whatever. Yeah,
2: I agree. Um, I think that is a little bit underrated. Yeah, it not having like the typical stage end screen. It just uh, makes it flow better. Very cool.
0: I'm a huge fan of that. And what's funny is when you play, like when you stream Ketsui, one of the hardest things for me when I stream it is I'm trying to answer questions to people in the Um, chat, but the stage transitions are so short. You're like, yeah, or like, cool.
2: A while ago. I did look at my chat during Katsui, but for like the last two years, I I, I just don't have the chat like visible to me when I play the game because I'm just like, why bother?
0: I definitely know what you mean there. I did that early on when I was streaming. And I think if you're trying to break a world record, I agree with that strategy.
2: <laughs> well, I also just don't really want to pause. <laughs> it feels exactly. kind of weird.
0: And I can't remember the last time Jamers has streamed. It feels like it's been a while, but maybe I just I'm not on Twitch enough. Yeah, English.
1: I need to stream more I know <laughs> it's hard to like find like long stretches of time where you can like yeah. do like a long stream
0: was the last time you streamed when you were doing Pachi? was that like the last time you were doing a lot of streaming no 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 no. Didn't
1: okay. last time last time I was was um, did some uh, attempts on uh, X-Multiply oh okay I think there wasn't like two I think it was pretty fairly recent but yeah they did like the winning one in the the time if
2: I forgot to press like do you really want to start the stream? <laughs> <That> <laughs> okay. great. Yeah, I, I've had that recently with like, um, well, I don't know if I'm gonna play for a long time. So I'm just not gonna stream because I don't wanna like disappoint people or something. Not that it really matters at all, but uh, whenever I actually do stream, I just end up playing for a really long time. So
0: <laughs> I know. I've I've fallen that too. <laughs> know, yeah. Like I've noticed this where like if I'm trying to practice Ketsui now, if I sit down and stream, it's going to be two hours. What happens is like the first hour, maybe a few people come in. And then once you're an hour in, enough people have seen, oh, Mark's streaming, I'll hop in. Then you feel obligated to keep going. Like, OK, everyone's yeah. here. I got to keep it rolling here. So, yeah, all my streams end up being about at minimum two hours. So um, they're, I have that exact same thing where sometimes I just like, all right, I won't stream because I'm going to practice for half an hour and then I got to move mm-hmm. on.
2: Usually I don't care about the viewer count too much, but yeah, I don't want to disappoint people if I, like, end stream instantly. Uh, but
0: also, <laughs> I think I, I uh,
2: get... Uh, when I stream, I uh, do full attempts more, and when I'm not doing streaming, I just end up like, mm, two four sounds kind of fun right now. Two five sounds kind of fun. And I never do full runs when I mostly need to just do full runs right now because I'm pretty well-practiced on everything.
0: Yeah, and that's always... And it's more fun. When you're broadcasting, that always feels like, <laughs> the audience like that the most because the other day i practiced uh one five for like 50 minutes just one five like specific sections you almost feel like you're beating around your viewers a little bit it's like oh no you're gonna watch me save state this 40 you know second stretch of game for 20 minutes sorry (laughs) you know it's just uh yeah, I know. I definitely know what you mean. They love the full runs, and so I always feel obligated after a bit of that, like, "All right, everyone, full run time, just just for the fans."
2: I don't really like streaming uh, practice too much. If I stream like a little bit of practice in like a problem spot um, during a stream, I think that's fine. But I don't want to just like do an entire practice stream. I just think it's kind of pointless to stream it personally.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I think practice only really works if you have like voice enabled at the time
0: oh definitely that the I guess... people
1: actually like understand what you are
2: like trying to do
0: <laughs> right
2: you can still like um type in chat to like mention what you're doing and like what you're having a problem with what you're trying to like how you're trying to fix it
0: well i bet with your streaming especially moglar where you're getting so optimized and you're getting real deep into the game now it could be i'm imagining like you're trying to get three more chips out of a section or something yeah. and like ninety eight percent of your viewers are like, bro, you're you're doing great. Why are you why are you practicing this section? You're like, no, I'm trying to get three more chips here, damn it.
2: No, um, usually if I practice something like midstream, it's because like I fucked it up a couple times in runs, and runs. I'm like, okay, I need to fix this and not die again.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, awesome. So that was that was great. Uh, get your sort of experience with streaming. Another thing yeah. that when I was talking on Discord about Ketsui, that I think is a little bit more unanimous, is people's thoughts on the soundtrack, because everyone uh-huh. I've talked to all seem to agree that the soundtrack absolutely slaps.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> again, that I just don't want to be, you know, just coming from my perspective. I think it's badass, one of my favorite soundtracks. Yeah, I mean... How would you guys kind of place it in the, the cave soundtrack?
2: You could call me biased, maybe, if you want, but... um. Yeah, I think it's probably one of, or maybe my favorite Kitties soundtrack Because I think um, it has very good consistency in being really good. Pretty much every track in the good. game is really good. Whereas like a lot of um, soundtracks probably have at least like a couple weaker tracks. I mean, I haven't listened to it much at all recently, but I think I remember like really, really liking Espoida 2's soundtrack as well. So that might be oh, some yeah, competition. I think that soundtrack's amazing.
0: What do you think, Jamers? Yeah, it's definitely one of my
1: favorites, I'd say as well. Especially like a um, Stage 5 team. Like that. Oh, yeah. Theme, like that team is like so uh, thematic. It sets the tone so so well. But like, um, also if you like know the story, it's like fits perfectly with the story. Like a bit more somber tone of like how um, you're getting near to the end of your mission. And like, I think that's very, very cool in that sense as well. Yeah, it's always been pretty, pretty legendary.
0: <laughs> I also like to imagine the uh, the notes that Cave gives the composer. It's like, okay, here's how long we need the songs to be. And he's looking at the notes it's like stage one. Okay. A minute or whatever it is. Stage two. All right. Two minutes. He looks at stage five. he's like, you know, like a five minute song or something. Because <laughs> the stage mm-hmm. is so freaking long. I bet, you know, they had to do a lot more work on the song. Just pure lengthwise. Mm-hmm. I think it's
2: like three minutes long and it loops or something.
0: Oh, it does loop. Okay, he's like, no, no. I'm not writing you a five-minute song here. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say in my favorites of the Cave Soundtracks, is definitely up there. And probably my favorite track on on it is Stage 4. I think it's called like Battle Line or Frontline, something like that. That one, especially when you get the Xbox uh, Vert Arrange, or you can get it in the PS4 version, That Arrange absolutely slaps, and you'll see it in so many of my videos. Like, if I want to have a hype intro to a video, I'm like, Ketsui Stage 4 Arrange, let's do this. Uh, I just love that tune. That's definitely my favorite. So we talked about the visuals. We talked about the soundtrack. Now we're going to get into the nitty-gritty here because this is something that I've always been trying to understand. But until you, I think, really get into scoring a game, it's hard to know all the ins and outs of the scoring system. But I wanted to give your guy get your guys' thoughts on the scoring system of Ketsui. Especially what do you think are the strongest aspects of it and what do you think are kind of the weakest aspects? Cause it's hard for me to kind of tell at this stage.
2: I don't know. It's hard for me to like um decide what are like the weaker aspects and stronger aspects, because like all the aspects of the scoring um add more layers to the game, make it harder to optimize, more depth, you know. Yeah, so I appreciate all of uh, the scoring mechanics a lot, really. Maybe James has some more insight.
1: Not sure if there's anything, any particular part of it that I'd say is, like, not good. <laughs> I think they all, like, pretty, like, flow well into each other. Yeah. Um, I guess if you want to say something, then maybe, like, the empty locking is maybe not very approachable.
0: Is that, oh yeah, the empty locking, for sure. Yes. Zako
2: unlocking it takes some time to get down for sure.
0: Maybe this would be a, a sort of a better way to think about it. Where I love Pachis scoring system, for example, it's one of my favorites, mostly because it's so straightforward. It's like mm-hmm. chain, don't die. Okay, there you go. Um, and I think Ketsui's a nice sort of middle ground there, where it's a little bit more in depth than something like that, but not overly complicated to where it's kind of ridiculous. For me, like with pachi the one aspect of that game scoring system that always kind of rubs me a little bit the wrong way are the Bs because they're just so dominant over what your routes end up being because you don't have as much leeway because the bees kind of force you. Okay, you need to move here. You need to move there. It's very sort of strict like that. And then in DOJ, they kind of rectified that a bit by adding hypers. Is there anything like that in Ketsui's scoring system where it kind of like pushes you a little bit more than you would you'd want it or you'd want a little bit more flexibility or is it like perfectly balanced to flexibility but not but also strict enough to be interesting
2: uh yeah i wouldn't really uh say anything that's bad like you just said and the game is probably more flexible than most cave games and it's also um it's very in-depth and uh difficult strats and shit also about it being like complicated, I think uh Ketsu probably is like a pretty complicated game overall. But um its mechanics aren't too bad to get down. You can get them down decently. Stuff like um DFK um have like super weird mechanics <laughs> just to be able to get any score at all. But then once you figure that out from like what I've seen, probably like very simple after that. I guess with
1: Katsui it's maybe a bit hard to tell like what the most optimal strat is, I guess. It's the optimal way to get the most points. Right. Yeah. Yes. Because all enemies have like hidden v- hidden values. And like caching any multiplier at that point can be slightly worse than if you do it like in a later point or somewhere else or <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, it can be complicated to figure that out. <laughs> you have to be like like a lot of math <laughs> if you don't
2: uh, watch you- some other videos uh, i've spent a lot of time on calculator in this game
0: that's exactly what i was going to ask you monglar so you know in order to get such a high score in the game did you i'm assuming you had to sit down and like literally like like you said map out all right this enemy's worth this many points this multiplier here so i need to route it like this and did you have is that how you figured your routing
2: I don't know if I'd say it's really how I figured out my routing. Um, uh, replays can help, and sometimes, like, I'd have a general idea of like knowing the values, like, oh, is this enemy good? Is this good? And I was like, oh, well, maybe I could block out this enemy, which isn't normally done, but it could give me a little more score. I mean, most of the calculator stuff is just like curiosity about like how much score I could get from something, which could determine like if i want to actually use the strat or not right so it's kind of important or just like other interesting things like how much does like no missing the final bosses give compared to like one missing it's like 25 mil right Done a lot of different math like that
1: yeah it's not really as obvious as to what like what points like enemy give enemies give like there's like like some big enemies in stage five that give like no points at all (laughs) And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, true. Tiny, the tiny um, clones you give like
2: oh yeah, they have like the highest... as much as everything. And... They have like the high, <laughs> yeah, the cl- tiny clones have like the highest uh, normal enemy value in the game, pretty much. They
1: Have like second phase as well, right? Like enemies have like multiple phases as well, and like yeah. the first phase can be like worthless, and the second phase is worth a lot, <laughs> mm-hmm. like that kind of stuff.
0: Oh, that's interesting.
2: Yeah, so um, stuff like um, the boats in Stage 3, right, um, or the battleships, like, the first form is, like, really bad value for a large enemy, and then the second one is, like, pretty decent. So it's, like, you usually want to kill the first form with shot and then the second with lock. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. that That's a great example of, like, knowing the data of the game would pretty heavily influence your routing, because just going off of... <clears throat> Just basic sort of logic. You're like, all right, let's blow up the first phase. That ought to do it. Like that's what I would do. So yeah, yeah, like stuff like yeah. that.
2: You you do eventually get like um like understandings of like what enemies give what, and then you can like um use logic to work your way around stuff. Yeah.
0: And we talked about this a little bit earlier, but I wanted to get more in depth, just for people to understand a little bit more about the empty locking mechanic or exploit or whatever you'd uh, call it. Because I think that is a pretty interesting aspect of the scoring system. And I just want to get clarification. Is that intended or was that unintended, the ability to empty lock the enemy? So
2: I heard from our from apparently the um, empty locking is intentional or was at least left in intentionally. But that probably only means like um, the large enemy empty locks, not Zaka empty locks. They probably didn't have that figured out back then.
0: Oh, okay. So they they figured like uh, for example an empty lock even I can hit because it's so huge. Is that the stage one mid boss type empty lock that that big ship there, like uh, those those big like empty locks? The ones after the like,
2: first power up carrier.
0: Yeah, like that. Yeah. it's not really a mid you know, boss. It's not a mid boss.
2: I was like, I'm hoping an empty lock and a mid boss. That'd be horrible.
0: Oh no, I was just saying. So, Cave was aware the bigger enemies are like, all right, yeah, they could do this for a little extra points, but they didn't really fully understand. Wait a minute here. They start empty locking popcorn. This could get wild.
2: I believe that's probably how it went. Yeah. Don't uh, take my word for fact or anything, but yeah,
1: probably. Yeah, I think it's probably like started as like unintended, like something that uh, in hindsight they found out. What's interesting, it is interesting to notice that um, that label, because who that label? does mention, like, empty locking in the tutorials, as well as the the manual booklet you get with the the Xbox 360 ports, the manual booklet. There's also, like, a section in that about uh, empty locking, which is pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, isn't that cool? And that's what makes my quick little uh, soapbox here, is that what makes shmups such a badass genre? Because every other genre of game, thinking speedrunning Super Mario 64, Nintendo would never put, like, Oh, if you backwards long jump, you can get through. You know, you can get through the stairs early. (laughs) But shmups, because of the close connection between the competitive side of the playing and the developers, you know, they seem to have like really close connections. The players like, yeah, yeah, you can empty lock, and the devs are like, cool. All right, we'll just jot that down for the players to know. Of that sort of stuff. So yeah, but the fact that Cave is like, yeah, you can empty lock. I think that's really cool.
2: Wasn't like um, I thought there was something like in Smash Bros. uh Melee like wave dashing or something like that was actually left in intentionally.
0: Yes, mm. but I think what happened there with uh with wave dashing I, is they might not
2: realize the power of it. I think exactly. I but I think what
0: ended up happening is that you know, especially since it was made in such a short amount of time, like Smash Bros. Melee was made very quickly. Is they're probably QA testing or whatever, and they're like, "Yo, check this out," and they're like, "Oh, that's kind of a fun little nifty feature," having no idea what it would <laughs> what it would entail later on. So, yeah. and then of I, course the proof is in the pudding because uh, Nintendo later on was like, "No, hell no," and they removed it from the rest of the series. So <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. yeah so, but, um, I think some newer speedruns also kind of sometimes
0: have that. That is true. I think if you get like the smaller really indie, indie games, games, yeah, they're they're way more on board with this stuff.
2: Probably not AAA games. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they're just too lazy to patch it or something, <laughs> right?
0: So, what do you think about empty locking jammers? Because I thought, and I could be wrong here, that your your replays don't use it all that much. But I could be wrong here.
2: No, Zako. Cool.
1: No, I only did like guess the easy ones, or <laughs> like the, the big enemies that have like the the very long explosions. Like, that's pretty trivial to, like, do uh, the empty locking right, on. yeah. But yeah, I'm uh, not sure how I personally feel about uh, the other other stuff. I think it's pretty hard to, like, do on, like, a gamepad. Like, maybe. Oh, that's, my maybe. If you're
2: using your thumb, it's probably kind of annoying. If you put, like, oh, um, maybe, yeah. if, you, if you switched to, like, um, a typical, like, keyboard or arcade style and playing on a controller, which you could probably do. It might be okay. Uh, you might be able to do it either thumb though. You have to like um hit them both at the same time and then just lift up like the back part of your thumb and then put it down. Yeah, probably be fine actually. It might
0: Or you could what you could do, Jamers, is you could map an extra button to like your shoulder specifically for empty locking. So you like have a you use your shoulder input for the empty lock maybe. <laughs> We don't have maybe, to, uh, the
2: There's a few ideas there could probably work. Hmm. Yeah,
1: there's obviously some funny stories about like the empty locking. Like, there's like the the one guy on like the farm that said he got like uh, like OSE oh, from doing <laughs> Katsui empty locking. Like by, of, the, by the in the map. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a, it was kind of a fairly funny. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's pretty hard to like. Uh, get like a pretty good opinion it if you haven't like tried it a lot yet it takes some time to beat in
0: (laughs) and it's kind of a like a more strict input right isn't that the kind of uh thing about it that's interesting is that it's not necessarily just about strategy it's also you need to hit that input or what do you think Mugler? yeah
2: it takes some time to get the input down for sure and um i think you have to have a decent hopefully a decent understanding of like um what like how you'd get a good e-lock like i think at first i tried empty locking first like super early on but i didn't understand it at all i don't think i was getting much of anywhere with it for a bit but then i started to figure it out a bit more later on i, I actually started using empty, it was zako empty locking very early on like before i ever got to omote for sure which i was a noob, a noob so getting to omote took a lot longer than it would for some people but
0: well, <laughs> relatively speaking, yes. But nah, I think it's... just your ability as a newer player. I mean, watching you get Emote and then Aura was like, holy shit, this guy is cooking. I mean, it seemed like no time at all.
2: It took like 150 to 200 hours to get to Emote for my first time though. so <laughs> Because I was not That's very good at nice. then.
0: It'd probably take me more than that now to get Emote. I'm not kidding.
2: <laughs> mm, to get to Emote, not to beat it.
0: Oh, to get to, to Emote. Work. Oh, I see. Yeah. I thought you meant I, clearing Emote. I
2: had some decent scoring, though. I had 200 mil. If I no-missed the loop, which was obviously extremely hard for me at the time, then it would, I would have had, like, 200 mil loop on record, so, barely, but...
0: Yes. And I do want to talk about the loops, because this, this is fascinating, but I mm-hmm. did want to weigh in on my thoughts on empty locking because, personally speaking... I love the idea of empty locking. I kind of wish shmups had more shit like this, mm, where yeah. it breaks the like if Daldon Pachi had something like this, it'd be badass. Where it breaks the sort of traditional routing that the game's intended, but in order to do that, you need to hit these like ridiculous inputs. I love that sort of stuff, and so I'm a big fan of it. And when I get playing Ketsui for score, I'm gonna be right on board with empty locking and trying to hit all those. So I think that's the one thing in gaming that I'm kind of good at is like hitting hard inputs and combos and all that sort of shit. So I'm actually really excited <laughs> to try it out. So I'm a big fan.
2: You should start scoring more. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, personally, I think empty locking is um, the game is uh, much better for empty locking. It's um one of my favorite parts of the game. Really, I think it just makes um it, it gives it's another layer on the game. Like I said, with other scoring mechanics, and it's also um. It's the most difficult part to optimize out of all the scoring because you can just empty lock like there's so many opportunities to get more chips right. from empty locking and it's like it's too hard to get all of them. <laughs> so you c- there's always more room to improve on it. Pretty much, and it's very very fun and very satisfying to pull off. Well,
0: and would you say that it sort of breaks in certain sections? Again, it's hard for me to know because I don't know the score routing all that well. But it does seem like just from what I know when I watch your your record your record score and your replays that you're sort of breaking certain sections that I don't think cave was quite prepared for you to be able to do.
2: Mm, not entirely sure what you mean by that really with the breaking sections of empty locking. I'm not sure what you mean by that.
0: I mean, I mean like the, the, ch- like the chain routing, like um, they're, you're breaking uh, sort of what they intended you remember, to do maybe. to route your chains.
2: Mm, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I think I a lot of it, there. there's, like, there's a lot of intended routes to be able to chain them. It's very, like, beginner-friendly, I think, but there's always, like, different ways to do it. Like, you'll notice with Ketsui stage design, like, a lot of the time they'll give, um, like, a ground Zako, usually tanks, but also, like, some boats in stage three. You'll have the tanks at the bottom of the screen. They always put them, like, or often put them, like, really low on the screen so you can start it. The timer and start locking stuff for fives i I thought that was really really cool design
0: oh and so empty locking doesn't really interrupt that at all like what i'm imagining is let's say you watched a replay and one play and they're both like pretty well optimized but one player is ignoring empty locking and then the other player is exploiting empty locking i I i would assume that like the routes throughout the stage would would start to diverge because the empty locking person's finding mm, more opportunities to squeeze out some score.
2: Yeah, it, that should happen. But um I wouldn't say the empty locking it doesn't really create more uh timer opportunities or chaining oh, okay. opportunities in general. It doesn't really create more opportunities, but you a higher scoring player would go out of like use different routes to score more, yeah.
0: Okay. Okay, so I, that the, is interesting.
2: the one the closest thing that I guess is that um you you're more allowed to like um shot kill bigger enemies without like um taking a timer into them because you can right. just get you can get all the chips from them like no matter what as long as you can get a good e lock.
0: Yes. Yes. Exactly. So that's,
2: that's like that's like the biggest like route breaking thing I guess if you want to call it that. But it, it yes. Doesn't it does change some things i guess but also the um, that type of e-locking is the one they knew about so.
0: and we were talking earlier about the loops and i i really want to talk yeah. about this because the looping yeah. system in ketsui is very interesting so what are your guys' thoughts on the loops and the loop requirement
2: should, should i just talk about the loops first maybe and then the requirements like yes very different separate things um I think the cool thing with Katsuyu Loops is that um, it's just so different. Well, it can be, it could backfire. It could be either a very good thing or a very bad thing depending on the player, maybe. But um, for me, I really like it. Um, Loop Two is um, due to the scoring mechanics changes and um, you know, the revenge bullets. It just um, the routes are just completely different from Loop One. They play nothing alike. So it's like just a completely different game, pretty much. And almost A and Ura have quite different routes for scoring as well. So it's like two point five games.
0: <laughs> I know it's crazy. What do you think of the loops, Jamers?
2: Yeah,
1: basically the same. But um I like that they're like completely different from uh, Yeah. It's the first loop and like how you approach it and like how different like the routes and the scoring as well. It's mm-hmm. um it's very different from like other games where like the only difference is like just suicide bullets, I guess. Uh, right. like...
2: A lot of cave games have like some minor scoring differences, but not usually in the way that uh, this game has it. Because like you yes. games have like the extended t- chain timer, which um, allows mm. for more possibilities how you chain. Yeah, it's
1: great when uh, like big differences between the loops like set them apart. Yeah, for sure.
0: Well, do you guys have any insights on what? might have inspired Cave to even do this in the first place? Because it seems I mean, it's awesome, but it seems like one of those things Cave does that's like Cave, this is badass, but why did you make two separate loops for mm-hmm. the game? I, I can't even figure why they might have done that, but it is really cool. So I, I was wondering if there's any particular reasons I could maybe stand out to you too as to why they made the emote and then the aura loop and their distinctive separate loops from one another.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure, but um. I think doing, like, location tests or something. Um, they also, like, clearing the game, like, too easily. <laughs> so they um, they audit, like, requirements, I think.
0: Oh, so do you think maybe it was to separate out, to accommodate, basically. So they made the first loop for the beginners and the regular players. The Emote loop for, like, the mid-tier-ish skilled Mid-tier, players yeah. who were typically... Be able to get into the second loop of stuff like Pachi, but they're not amazing players like myself. And then the Aura loop for like the badass super players are like, Emote hey, is just too freaking easy. Give give me more, and so they made him Aura. Yeah,
2: that's pretty well. That's pretty much how it works out, at least. Who knows what yeah. the intention was, but yeah. Yeah, probably something like that. Maybe we should talk about them, like uh, our thoughts on the actual uh, loop requirements themselves now. Yes, you I have a lot of thoughts that.
0: on that, so go ahead, Mogler. What are your thoughts?
2: So for first loop entries, I think it, they're very cool challenges for like the first loop entries. It's another goal to overcome, which I find, found very um, fun. When it gets to like, um, <laughs> rural looping a lot, that's when things get like... Mm, like it's it's very punishing, which can be very brutal at times, but it also um it makes it very um stressful, like in late loop one and satisfying. And if you loop it, it feels really good.
0: When you were going for your URA like you're doing all your URA runs and everything, did you find that, that no miss, no bomb, loop requirement, even later on when you're getting these massive scores? Was grinding your teeth, or were you so op, you know, or you just so damn good? You're like, eh, how many of those runs would you lose to that damn requirement?
2: It gets brutal sometimes. It gets brutal when I started. (laughs) (laughs) um, (laughs) Yeah. I find that often I'm too, like, focused on, like, getting, like, better loop one scores and stuff. If I focus on just playing well in general, I can often actually loop pretty regularly. Like a week back, I had a day where um I filled out the entire uh, scoreboard with uh 500 mil or 520 mil plus runs even, which that being like the it it shows like the top five scores for like the day or whatever, right?
0: <laughs> oh jeez. Yeah, really? I, yeah,
2: I did five. Um, I did like three. I got like three runs pretty quickly because I was just focusing on playing well and getting runs deep, and then I was like. Well, it'd be cool to fill up the scoreboard at least once. It'd be a cool thing to do once. And then I played a couple more hours, and uh, yeah, I got 5 uh, five twenty mil plus runs.
0: The Japanese players are like, what the hell is going on? Who <laughs> is this kid? Uh,
2: <laughs> the thing is, if I if I loop, I'm pretty much guaranteed to get 500 mil at this point because of um my scoring routes.
0: So what are your thoughts on the loop requirements, Jamers?
2: Yeah, I was still kind, <laughs> like, kind
1: of like, trying to save me yeah. They like, pretty cool for like the challenge, challenge aspect of it. And it it's like, yeah, but it's it's really, really punishing. It's it, it's pretty much not ever been done before, I think before and after anymore, it's, except for embouchure, just... I guess. But but it's pretty yeah. out there. It's pretty unique. But I think it's I think it's pretty cool at least. But um, if you try to do like scoring and stuff, it can uh, I can get know, it. It that it gets sometimes. pretty frustrating sometimes, yeah.
2: Sometimes, Yeah,
0: yeah it's
1: kinda of like doing like uh Do to- and Lenan, I guess, as like a challenge. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it is. That's what I was about to say. It's like the Toho player's like, what's the problem? No miss, no bomb? Like, that's what we do. <laughs> as a Donampache player too, it kinda makes sense to me a little bit because if you no miss no bomb like you have to no miss, no bomb the first loop in Donpache if you want a good score. So it it, it almost feels like they wanted to just slap the player around a little bit, you know. They they were like, "Okay, we we just need to add a little bit more of a like a slap in the face for the players, just to make like you're saying, just to make those aura runs insane." Because how much did you struggle with that when you're going for your aura clear, Chambers? Like, how many runs were you losing to that loop requirement?
1: Yeah, it's kind of a uh, it's kind of weird thing. Because I think it took me like three like, three attempts into the Ural loop to um, actually clear the Ural loop. But um, the amount of times I felt like the first loop was, like, exponentially more. Right. So in that sense, can get say that, uh, like, the first loop is, like, harder than the second. (laughs) If we just Um, want to, like, get
2: the clear. One really brutal thing as well is, like... (laughs) They happen to put this loop requirement in a game that has like such a um, aggressive scoring and like dangerous strategies for high scoring <laughs> play. It's like oh right, my God, yeah. Jesus, like it, it, it's like looping with like two ninety mil routes is completely different compared to just getting like the one twenty mil or something. It's way, 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 way hard. Right, it's not even close.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. Right, like for example, I did imagine. <laughs> this is kind of funny. I did manage to get into Emote, so I did manage to get the Emote loop, and the way I did it was actually kind of funny, where I decided I was going to turn... I turned off my bomb button and said, alright, I'm just going to play and never bomb, and then you know, whatever happens that I think this is my best chance to get into the Emote loop. And I did. (laughs) That was like the the only times I've ever gotten into the Emote loop have been when I turned Mm. off my bomb button, because otherwise... I keep losing track of how much, because well, what happens is I'll I'll be going for survival and I'll say, all right, I better bomb here. It's better than dying, right? But well, then I kind of, that little snowballs and then you end up dying and then you end up bombing too much and then you miss the loop. So I think the requirement, at least for multi, is a, a lot of fun. Aura mm-hmm. sounds like a nightmare though.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: you probably, probably want to start um,
2: bombing more of those. You get to omote more because um, you really need those lives.
0: Hell yeah, yeah I know. For instance, I've had clears where I've only yeah. lost a life or two, but I didn't loop because I bombed too much. And then <laughs> yeah. the only time I looped was I got absolutely wrecked, but I never bombed, so it's just kind of funny.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think the M two port keeps uh, track of like how many mistakes you've made for like the oh. entry.
0: Yeah, too bad I I play rotated, so uh, the gadgets I don't see those gadgets. I see some of them, but they're not. That one's not on there.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I think no. uh, the amount of lives you get is equal to the amount of mistakes you can make. Yeah, so if you do is. like a, a no no bomb one, you like automatically always. Uh,
0: That's right. Always enter the I know there. because yeah. I looped on literally the last extent. I had no more extends, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I it's... tested that. That is true.
2: Also, like a, um, it's close to how much you get for like a no miss loop one with them and a bombs, but you'd get one extra for that. One extra bomb that you wouldn't be able to use.
0: What's cool about Ketsui, and I think it's kind of interesting, is how generous the game is with extends and bombs compared to its cave. You know, its cave peers. It's just throwing extends and bombs at you.
2: So I'm gonna kind of have to disagree with this. If you um look at a lot of cave games, I think a, a Ketsui actually has like a pretty average amount of resources. Actually, like it looks like it has more than most games because, like, oh shit, you get a uh, two extra labs per loop. You get yes. eight lives. That's so two more than usual. But yes. then, like in Pachi games, you get way more bombs. Um. Or that uh, not in Diojo, but you do have the hypers in Diojo. But in like Dodonpachi one, you get so many bombs. Like uh, <laughs> the <laughs> resources resources in general are pretty similar, I think. And then like one loop cave games, even like I'll often have like one ex- one extend or something. But there's like a Escaluda where you have Coxay, which helps a lot. There's Gwango, which has, like, a lot of...
0: Glute is ridiculous.
2: Gwango has a lot of different health items. Um, Espirade has, like, the bomb refilling. So there's, like... I think Ketsu is pretty average overall. It just seems... uh has more resources than usual. but yeah. It's not and Pogre, really... And Pogre, Pogre, and Pogre, yeah. I, I was going to lives, mention yeah. that, too. Yeah. Yeah, you can have 10 lives for loop 2 in Progear. So that game probably has, like, slightly more resources that you can have.
0: Oh, yeah. I guess that's true. You know, I'm... Thinking Your bombs do in comparison in comparison to, but... to, to definitely to stuff like Dodon Pachi and to DOJ. But like you're saying, DOJ gives you hypers and those are really useful. Yeah. And then uh, Dodon Pachi, it does give you a crap load of bombs. It <laughs> That's does. For sure. I don't tend to use them, so I kind of forget about them.
2: You get more bombs in the stages, I think. Maybe that's actually not true, but I think that might be true. And um, you get like three or six bombs per life after three deaths, yes. and then you have three more deaths after that. It's like, well,
1: yeah, there are definitely more bomb drops uh, in Dodonpachi.
2: The like uh, they're like, like, two, Pachi. like two
1: per stage. Dodonpachi
2: so so probably has more resources. Than- eh, it probably has more resources than even <laughs> considering guess, the bombs. I guess for me. Like
0: the divider is the, the extends. Maybe that's why it stands out to me so much. It's yeah. Just the extends amount is, it seems like, holy crap. The game's yeah. just thrown extends at it's me. It's
2: this, um, it's very, uh, it tricks you yes. into thinking as more unusual, but yeah, not really.
0: Especially since I learned this when I was doing my no bomb runs. Is Ketsui, a, I don't know at a your stage of skill, Moggler or not, but for me, it feels like Ketsui, chain deaths are a real danger in that game because. When I would die, I felt like, okay, if I didn't bomb on Respawn, I was just going to get killed again.
2: I'm not sure if uh,
0: I've
2: experienced that as much. You get behind
1: on, like, your enemy killing, and then uh, it's more easily to get, like, overwhelmed.
0: Exactly. That felt like in Ketsui, that, that can crop up in certain places. Like, for example, there's certain times where you die during the reverse elevator, or whatever you want to call it. And If you die, like, really early into that, feel like all right i need to like bomb on respawn here otherwise you're just in a you're in a real shitty situation if you
2: take advantage of your iframes you should be able to recover most of the time i think you probably just need to um die more and get more used to recovering
0: sure yeah what do you think jamers is there have you ever run into that or is there just more of a more of a learning curve to it
1: uh it kind of depends on like where you die because if you die like in a really like tactic section where you have to like Kill enemies like very quickly can get pretty dicey when you respawn, especially in like. There you know, can be there loop. there can be times, so. especially in the second loop. It's uh, definitely like oh geez, case, I think
0: yeah. <laughs> I don't want to imagine in like aura loop or whatever.
1: Yeah, then you just have to basically like if he has like a very strong enemy, you basically have to like bomb I think to like get back on track.
0: Yes, exactly. Mm. That's how I felt. And I didn't have my bomb button on, so it was just like, oh shit. <laughs> this this is like I'm not saying it's impossible or anything. I'm not saying it's like Gradius or whatever where you just die and you're like, Oh shit. It's not like that bad. It just felt like in comparison to something like Donampache or whatever, felt a little bit trickier to recover mm-hmm. in certain sections than I was normally used to. Maybe. I don't
2: know. I think I uh, most <laughs> big enemies though yeah. I think if you just like Get really aggressive, get your lock onto them instantly, you should hopefully be fine. But there, sure. there can definitely be times, I'm sure, where you just kind of have to drop a bomb afterwards, which isn't too bad. If you're going for the Omote Looper requirements, I I, I guess that's probably the time where it would be the most annoying to have to like bomb the gun <laughs> Yeah. Because, like, yeah, that's actually a huge deal. Yeah. Also, as uh, aside from that, though, it's not that bad.
0: So, this topic is a little bit more in depth than probably is typical but i wanted to talk about this because i really wanted to get your to your guys's insights on this which is so mogler recently has the highest recorded score on the ps4 version and in my book you know i would consider that a world record especially since how fantastic the ps4 port and how active it is i mean it's not like these players aren't on the ps4 port but I do know as far as like official Japanese JHA world record tracking, they require you to show up in Japan and play on the cabinet and, you know, have the guy verify it there. But it seems like with the shifting nature of the world, especially the shifting nature of what's happening in Japan and their troubles with the arcades, it just doesn't seem like this model is going to hold up for much longer. And so I just want to get your guys' thoughts on, like in my book, I would consider Magler's score a world record whether or not jj agrees but what do you guys think as far as the world record tracking like what do you guys consider a world record do you guys think jj is still the standard or do you think it's time to, to move on from that mm,
2: i don't think jj is like a definitive world record thing anyway it's just um like a japan record thing which just happens to line up with the world record like 99 percent of the time but
0: <laughs> right yeah
1: yeah, Yeah. exactly. <laughs> it's, it's it doesn't track, dis- doesn't track world records. <laughs> Just yeah. uh, It's in the name it's like a Japanese high score uh, thing.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a Japanese thing. But, um, well, it happens that most of the time it's cracked for world records. But...
0: Yeah, so what do you guys think is sort of the best way or like a really um, solid way to track world records right now? Because this is always something to me that it's been an interesting topic. You know, on something like the Ketsui dethany port by M2, it's so well made and it's so well regulated. And it, it seems like a very solid foundation to say, OK, this is a legit world record because it's on the official port, on the official leaderboards. They're well maintained. Everything's legit. What do you guys think as far as like the standards of what, what would make something a world record or not?
1: Uh, I think world records has always been like kind of like a, a community thing, I guess. Yes. Especially if you look at like speed ones and stuff. It's always like a community mm-hmm. thing where they like set up their own rules sets and then they track that on the their own leaderboards and like people stream and stuff. Uh with these games it might be a bit more official because yeah, they're kind of like built for for score, for score play. Mm-hmm. So it gets like a bit trickier when you look at like yes. it like that.
2: Problem would be like if um, a version that someone plays on is like too inaccurate and like in a helpful way. I'd say I think if someone breaks a world record score and they're playing on like a harder version, basically like just whatever, just call it the world record, man. If they have an advantage, then
0: I remember this actually popped up with Battle Greiga and the gadgets, the uh, rank gadgets in Battle Greiga on the PS4 port, where it's like, what do we do here with the, with this? I made a whole video about it. No one really watched it because it's so esoteric. You can concept, you but. can
2: just turn that off. Um, I mean, if you're going for a serious score, at least you can turn it off. I think if you're not going for a very serious score, I don't think anyone would really care that much. It.
0: Yeah, that that seemed to be the consensus. Where it's like, turn if you want a world record score, basically turn off the gadget, the rank gadget, because it does give you a lot of helpful uh, advice as well as the boss hp gadget maybe you do that though it's considered legit in most players eyes and i would agree there like i don't think you need to actually fly out to japan and play on the japanese jha cabinets and everything to to say it's the world record otherwise you know that's gonna be that's one hell of a well one hell of a requirement
2: i don't know how many people would say you would have to do that though but Yeah,
0: it's always been an interesting topic of discussion when i have plasma one i'll We'll talk more specifically about that since he, co- you know, tracks all the world records and everything.
2: Osmo did do that for Don Pachi.
0: Did he yes, he did. <laughs> flew out there. Um, uh, oh yeah. Prometheus yeah, yeah. doesn't have a world record, but he also did that. He also flew out to Japan and played on the Japanese cabinets and everything for Don, pa- for Don Pachi to some degree. I don't know about his yeah, highest. score. thing, but
2: no, it's not his highest. score. It was probably yeah, just, just for fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't think he was a
1: stick player. The yeah, first he, it.
2: yeah. He, he was on his keyboard. He still got a pretty good... I think he got, like, 2-bill or something on... Yeah, he was, uh, John, he was cooking. Yes. Yeah, he actually, he uh, yeah.
0: Well, Jamer's not being a stick player. Didn't you clear don' on the... got a 2-all on a cabinet at, like, Stunfest or something?
1: Oh, uh, when you can... Yeah, I've cleared it a bunch of times on the... on cabinets, both on the um, Stunfest and uh, the Spain event back then. That's now uh, the newer, like, new Mikado Arcade. So yeah, I can play on stick. Just not as like efficiently, I, I guess, as on, uh, on pad. If you can 640... I can't, mil- can't, I can't use my full power <laughs> yes,
0: on stick. You can't <laughs> go full jamers. Yeah.
2: If, if you can <laughs> 640 mil on a, a pad, then you can probably do it on stick. Fine. You got some pretty good... Sc- Scores, though, on uh, stick two, I think, though, right? Did, did did you not get, like, a 400 mil, maybe? It's pretty decent. Or maybe I'm wrong about that. I did put so, a
1: couple of clears with uh, the stick, but I'm, I don't remember how high the scores were.
2: I think it was think 300 mil, at least. Yeah, probably, uh, probably something M- like that. It must have been at least 300 mil, though, so... <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, I I I that that like, wouldn't like, be very surprising,
1: but. I need, like, a lot more practice, I think, to... Uh, really use to stick efficiently.
0: Being the nerd that I am, I think it would be fun. You did the install on the cabinet like they did. So Tekken 5, they had these cabinets that had uh, controller slots so you could put PS2 pads in them. And I would be able to do that myself. So I think it'd be fun if you had a cabinet, Jamers, but then you uh, modded it so you could use your uh, Saturn pad on it. <laughs> that would be pretty badass.
1: It would be pretty amazing, yeah. It is the very is- doable.
0: It's very doable.
1: Yeah, like these cabinets that have like the a keyboard installed, I think. <laughs> right, yeah, fun. like
0: <laughs> the Toho cabinet or whatever.
1: Yeah, typing of the dead cabinet has like uh, <laughs> keyboards on it.
0: So the last Maybe section of this podcast, I definitely want to talk about Moglar's world record journey because it's one of the few world record journeys you could actually track as far as when he starts playing and when he gets his world record, which is super cool. So Monty, do you remember when exactly you started playing Ketsui for score? Like you're you're like, okay, let's start getting scores in the game.
2: I think the first time I ever played the game was like late 2000, very late 2017, like maybe in uh, October, November. I think that was the first time I ever played the game or maybe it was a bit earlier and I started playing the game a little more after that. I don't know. Yeah. I started playing... For the first time about then. I I was going for score pretty much from the get go though.
0: Okay, so you begin late twenty seventeen. Yeah, and then I a bit. from there, were you playing a lot of Katsui all the time or were you still in that early phase where you're jumping from all these different nah. maps, Or were you just yeah. like let's do this?
2: I was jumping a bit. I got like um I've ended up being like uh more dedicated to Ketsui, I guess, like on its own. Um in like the second half of twenty eighteen.
0: Do you remember how long it took you to get your very first one all?
2: I don't know I don't think I was playing too actively in this time. But um <clears throat> I think I got in like uh I think it was February actually of um twenty eighteen. Like very early, I think. Or maybe it was March. I think it was February though. Um so I guess I was playing an okay amount back then. I think I might have had like for some reason, I don't know if it's true or not, but I think the number I kind of remember in my mind is like 70 hours or something.
1: Was it uh, okay. the first Spop you played?
2: No, I, I was not very good at the time. Though. Um, I had um, I had like the Toho normal ones, CCs, and I had like a couple hard ones, like PCB and IN, which are like a couple of easier ones. Mm-mm. So I was, yeah, I was not too good at that time. <laughs> so I was still fairly beginning.
0: Do you remember after you got your one all, what your thought was as far as what your attitude towards Ketsui was at that time? Because I remember when I got my first one all in DDP, I was like, journey over, you know, like I'm never playing this game again. I did it. You know, I'm never going to get a two all. So I'll just uh, leave it here. Then a few months later, I came back. But what Mm -hmm. was do you know what your initial thought was when you got the one all where you're like, "Okay, new game or did you decide then? "Okay, let's let's keep going.
2: Well, I wanted to I, th- I think I was going to play the game more in the future but I, I think I took a break from it at that point after I went off um, I played Crimson Clover for a couple months after that and also some Diojo I think which I did not get very far in Diojo has a very high school floor for scoring so my score was terrible I played that for like it 100 does. hours and didn't even get in Black Label and didn't even get 200 mil I was like what the fuck dude
0: <laughs> yeah that's how Dodonpachi goes with the chatings and all that sort of stuff
2: I also got to like 2 3 though, which was like kind of okay.
0: So then, how did you, or when or how did you decide to come back to Ketsui? Like, what was the inspiration for that?
2: I think I just wanted to play the game more, I guess. I mean, it's been a while. I guess I had more interest in playing the game. Than I was like, okay, I'll start playing it again. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Do you know when you decided to go for the emote? Uh,
2: I think I probably. I probably got to Omote for the first time in like late ish, twenty eighteen, somewhat late ish, not like super late. I don't know when I would have started going for it. It wouldn't have been like after my first one all. I would have been just trying to like get some more score and uh, get some more consistency, I guess. But yeah, but after like a month or so of that, or like a couple weeks, maybe I would have been like, "Mm, all right, maybe I can start like thinking about looping
0: i remember when i talked to you i'm looking up the the date here so i talked to you in july of 2019 on our first podcast episode and at the time your pb was about 400 million in emote. so you were cooking mm. along at that point there must have been something must have kicked in gear between uh 2018 summer of 2018 and summer of 2019
2: well, i was yeah i was just playing the game very actively during that time or pretty actively at least I think I might have been most active in, like, last year, but I was pretty active throughout that time as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I remember you uh, showing me, like, your Gnomus Doom clear and everything. I was like, whoa, <laughs> this kid's good.
2: Uh, I showed a Gnomus my bomb Doom for um the, what was it, first Schmup slime That's right. where you could send in replays.
0: Yes, the OG, the first incarnation where I was like, okay, no one's actually going to sign up for this, so I'm going to have to run around and beg people to send things to it. And I remember I got yours, and I was like, whoa, this is crazy.
2: I thought it would be kind of cool to show off No Miss, No Bomb Doom, even though it's kind of luck shit. I mean, <laughs> it still requires a lot of skill because you need to get to the final a lot of times.
0: And yeah, you have to have some
2: skill with dodging the final, but it's a lot of luck.
0: Yeah, that, that was a really fun replay. And I remember that was the first time thinking like, oh, that's good because <laughs> I hadn't really seen you around too much before and um I I remember K Z actually messaged me and K Z said, Hey, have you do you know about Moglar? I was like, Oh no, who's that? He's like, uh he's this, you know, player and he's doing really good in Ketsui right now and then I saw your scores, I was like, Whoa, this guy's kicking ass. So yeah, you you came in you came in hot as far as uh taking out Ketsui really early even.
2: Yeah. I think I, um, long-term release, obviously at the start my improvement was slow because I was new to the genre, but I think, um, for a new player of the genre, I improved fairly quickly, probably more quickly than a lot of people would.
0: Absolutely. It it always seems like the players that end up getting these massive scores also seem to demonstrate, like, really high skills early on as well. Unfortunately for me, <laughs> like I would love to see the story of like someone like myself who was like average ish gameplay. And then also it's like, bam, really good. But I've never seen that actually occur. <laughs> but uh yeah, so that's awesome. And then following along, I remember this blew my mind. So I, I knew you were playing for your Mote. You're doing great. And then December of that year, you got your first aura clear, which was crazy how quickly that came about. It felt like it felt like. So what was that like, going from Omote to Aura?
2: So, well, <laughs> maybe it looked, like, quick, but, um... So, after I got my first Omote to all I was like, okay, maybe I should try Ura now. I played, like, a pretty good amount of Ura, um, for, like, I don't know. I don't know how long I stuck with it. At least a couple of weeks, maybe a month even. Yeah, probably not a month back then, but a couple of weeks. Probably played Ura, and I was like... This is way too hard right now. Right. I'm just going to go play Omote more. I'm just going to get 400 mil Omote first and then I'll come back to Ura. <laughs> so that's what I did. After I got the 400 mil Omote, yeah, I practiced Ura again for a couple more weeks and I uh, managed to clear the loot for the first time. And I um, practiced it more and did more full runs. And uh, eventually I got to clear. It took a fair amount of grinding, but.
0: And I remember the very first time I played Aura. The thing about it is when you watch uh, really high skilled replays of Aura, like just watching them, it doesn't look all that different from emote when you just kind of look at them. It's way and harder. then you play it and you're like, "Oh my god. <laughs> this is, this is uh, brutal." Way so, uh, did you, harder. were you shocked the first time you played Aura?
2: That yeah, probably was, yeah. I think I, I, I think um, the difficulty was above my expectations. I don't know if there was any moment of like shock exactly, but like, yeah, it was definitely above what I was expecting, and that's why I uh, ran back off to Omote for for mil before trying again.
0: <laughs> and then after that, so you're playing. You got your aura clear December. I'm going off your YouTube uploads. I'm sure these don't exactly align, but no, it's probably in the ballpark. I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah. Uh, December 2019, you got your aura clear, and then in April of 2020, you ended up getting your first uh, over 500 mil score, which put you in as Plasmo calls it like the 500 mil club. There's actually a 700 mil club in Dotonbori as well, which is really impressive. And mm-hmm. uh, I remember, I think it was either myself, well, it was both myself, I don't know if Plasma did, but we put up this bounty before you did it, basically saying, if, if a Western player gets into this, uh, this club, we'll send them some money, and both of us yeah. expected you'd get in there, and then you get in there, and little did we know, the biggest challenge would be trying to get you to accept the money. <laughs> yeah, I have
2: not accepted the money. You no, know, Mogulai has still, not accepted the money yet. I still don't have a PayPal account or anything, so... Um, because I don't really need it for anything. But yeah, for five hundred mil <laughs> it did ha- five hundred mil happened really quickly. It was quite surprising. I did um I already had very high scoring at that point. Like my first 2-ALL was um four forty one mil and it had a two one death which was pretty bad. I was expecting it four fifty mil for my first clear even, which didn't happen happen because a bad death spot. But I think the five eleven mil was also kind of a lucky run for then. It was definitely above what I was expecting to potentially get at that time.
0: Just all the elements came together? And the
2: same thing happened again for like a 550 mil, though. Not so much for a world record, in my opinion, though. But
0: <laughs> Right. Well, the thing is, is that, to put context for everyone listening, so when Mogler gets his 511 million, at the <laughs> time, the world record was by SPS at five hundred. 83 million in 2014, he said that in 2014. And so from what I understand, just talking to Plasmo and talking to other players, when it comes to getting these really, really high scores, it's like that final stretch that's actually incredibly difficult, much more, like the numbers are a little bit deceiving. Like the (laughs) jump between, for example, like 300 mil and a 400 mil is way easier than jumping from, 511 to 580 or something like that from what i understand does that sound about right to you
2: yeah yeah, for sure um (laughs) i wouldn't even i wouldn't say it's like a small number jump even it's pretty large percentage of the score really but um yeah i mean i think i've like pretty much like doubled my playtime since i got my 500 mil so yeah (laughs) right there you go but um and uh you know i was a, a scrub when i started so if i wasn't a scrub when i started um i might have got past the beginning parts or uh, quicker and the later parts may have took been even larger percentage of right. the time right exactly although i'm not entirely sure on that but it's an idea
0: so what were you thinking at this stage because for a lot of players definitely myself included you know, when you get into those higher tier scores and you're kind of like in the cool kids club, like, oh man, I've got a massive score, that'll do. You know, I don't really need to try and attack the world record score. What was sort of running through your I mind know. as far as giving you inspiration to to continue, even in the face of such a massive score?
2: Firstly way um after getting five eleven mil, I was like, uh, a big goal of mine was getting five forty mil. Um, for a couple of reasons because uh. SPS's top, sc- the top leaderboard score on PS4 was in 537. So right. being that, I could get 540. There are a couple, there are like three players, four now even, that have scores like right around that point. And, um, I think I just liked the number. I think that was the last reason. <laughs> Which is a silly reason. But It just looks um, way cooler than 511. Yeah.
0: Like, I was it just like, looks cool. yeah. So I was like,
2: yeah, at that point so that uh, was a really big goal of mine that I wanted to. And like I was thinking even at that time, um, I was like, well, <laughs> once I get past 540 mil, then that's like, probably not really half of the jump in reality, but it's half of the score jump to the world record even. Then there's the world record, and there's uh, 600 million. But also like getting around like Gan and RS's score could have been a cool goal. So there's, like, all that stuff there, and I was like, yeah, I'll probably end up there (laughs) eventually.
0: So it sounds like you're, like, you're just setting these goals ahead that seem, you know, they're hard, but achievable, so you're like, okay, 5.11, let's get to 5.40, then you're like, let's get to the next step, and then you're just creeping slowly towards that world record.
2: Yeah, I just, like, spammed goals, pretty much. (laughs) Goals all over the place but there's like a it was good with this game because there's like a lot of different um goals it could make it could make like um getting this much score in loop one or like uh amount of score with your ilpbs in loop one i could get like a go for like a three miss or uh i could uh should i go for an omote P- like there's just a lot to do in this game right which i think i think really probably helped keep it engaging for me all the way through
0: that's exactly what my next question was going to be: was how oh, did really? you stay? <laughs> how did you stay loyal to Ketsui? Yeah. Because with all these other shmups, like most most people, it would be hard to continue to, with the same game, especially since you're already you know so great at it and have these massive scores that all of us would respect. The fact that you're can continue going is pretty incredible.
2: Yeah, there's just like like I said, there's just a lot to do, and the game is like um like a. People often say that, like, oh, shmups, it must be uh, so boring. You're just playing the same game over and over again, right? But, like, um, your routes change and stuff. The game changes because your routes change. It's not like like you can't really compare, um, like, some normal, like, survival one-all to, like, high-scoring loop, like, even, even like, mid-scoring loop-one routes versus, like, super high-scoring loop-one routes. It's all, like, very different feel. Yes. Very different play. Um Lots of interesting things you have to do to um bump yourself up to those points. There's like Ura improving URA scoring, improving URA survival to get more score um the there's just too much. And like and also with like um the game changing, there's like oh well now I can go play the Omote loop, I've gotten this far, and then oh the Ura loop and then oh uh some higher scoring routes in URA, some higher scoring routes in Omote. It's just uh it's always changing. There's always a lot to do, lots of goals. It's very much, it's not, it doesn't feel like, at least for most of the journey, it doesn't feel nearly as repetitive, or at least for me, it doesn't feel nearly as repetitive as people would, like, make it out to seem. Yeah. Like people would make it out to seem like, oh, it's the most repetitive uh, thing you could possibly do, but not really. Uh, I don't yeah, think I it's, definitely, like.
0: I definitely agree there, and people really misunderstand def- that aspect of the genre.
2: Yeah, it's definitely not as... Um, I think most, a lot of things are probably like... That's uh, probably pretty average in repetitiveness. <laughs> Whereas most people probably think it's the most repetitive thing in the world.
1: Yeah, it helps if you uh, really like the game.
2: Not <laughs> <That> too, <yeah. laughs> I do really, really like the game.
0: Yeah, I remember you were talking about your grind in Dodonpachi, for example, Jamers. What kept you going with that as far as getting your score in Dodonpachi? Because that game especially absolutely breaks the heart and mind of the player.
1: Uh I just like set my goal at like uh six hundred million. <laughs> like no miss, no bomb. To um uh, two six boss. That was just my initial goal and uh I just kinda wanted to do that until I got it and then, then I got it. <laughs> and um and I like the game enough to do that. Um I don't think I like the game enough to do more than that. But right. uh, that's basically like <laughs> like how it is, yeah.
0: I can definitely say what you're talking about well there's there's something i want to ask you moglar because um i think i can kind of maybe relate to what you're saying though not in such spectacular fashion but for instance even though Pachi is a game that you know i have a sort of a love and hate relationship with the thing about it is i don't think i could just move on with my life because i feel like there's more that i need to do in the game before i can just go play other things and it almost sounded like when you're describing it like maybe when you were playing ketsui it felt like you always had like this sense like uh okay there's more i need to do before i just move on is it was it like that or am i um just projecting
2: i'm not sure if i felt that way too much back then it was just like there's more like you know, there was more to do but it was not like uh, oh, i have to do it from back then but now at this point i'm kind of feeling a bit of obligation at this point to get a good score (laughs) honestly yeah because like at this point like i've reached this point like um you need to set a good score i think
0: um especially especially since you're like right next to 600 mil i could see that being like oh shit okay i have to i mean i'm right there i gotta keep going
2: Well, yeah, but I have to, what I want to, I, at the very least, I want to get, like, one no-miss run eventually, because no-miss is a very massive score game.
0: Whoa, like the whole game? Yeah. Doom and all? I mean, I mean, my world
2: record run was on pace for it until the final bosses, but then I kind of, um, well, I got one nasty pattern early in the stage five boss. I probably could have dodged it, but then I was just like, mm, maybe I should just get the oneness
0: <laughs> that would be imagine a 600 mil no miss ura clear that is something you know legends are made of that so would be crazy compared
2: to dying once on the final bosses which is like standard i guess like standard like a doom final death it gives like 25 million so it's a huge deal i can't really lose the game off of that 25 mil right there and i'm capable of it so
0: well that would be I i that would be one hell of a replay to watch, that's for sure. And I also wanted to ask you, uh Jamers, as far as do you have any plans to play Ketsui much in the future? I mean you have amazing scores and everything in the game as well. Does the game call to you at all? Or Are you just kinda like, I'm good, I'm good there? I don't
1: know, maybe sometime at a later point I'd like to go back to it. But I'm not I'm not sure. <laughs> I do like the game a lot, so uh
0: well, one thing, maybe maybe I can sell both of you on this idea, maybe, is one thing I've noticed is that in the score play categories of Ketsui, Tiger gets a lot of love, and for good reason, because mm-hmm. Tiger is a freaking awesome ship, and I love it too. But um, its brother, Panzer, for whatever reason, doesn't seem to have as much scoring activity. And I was wondering, maybe 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 Panzer's like, hey, maybe Panzer needs some love.
2: Yeah, I I might play Panzer in the future. I'm interested in it. Seems fun.
0: I really like playing Panzer a lot. I had a, I have a lot of fun playing it.
1: I think Panzer is a bit harder to uh, <laughs> play the game with than uh, Tiger. I I never really liked like how slow the lock on was. That is it was true. Kind of, it's a bit not as satisfying <laughs> as uh, playing with the other one.
0: What do you think the strongest appeal of Tiger is? Is it the combination of the lock on speed and just the massive wide shot? Is that like what makes Tiger so popular?
1: Yeah, it's a lot easier to mount the game I think with uh, with Tiger.
0: Because I will say the boss fights with Pens are actually really fun cuz you're just booking around those bosses with the with the movement speed. It's actually really satisfying, but I could see the stages especially I don't know about the later loop, so this is where I could be completely off, but uh, I have no idea what Panzer's second loop aura is going to be like.
1: Yeah, Panzer has a a very big advantage against um, 2-3 boss. Yeah. Uh, He can do that uh, boss without having to use a bomb on it, which is quite a big difference. How is he able to
0: do that? Like what particular pattern?
2: You can um, you can shoot the for one. You can shoot the middle of the boss with Panzer and kill the the second phase very quickly. But there's also the um, the blue the blue wall pattern gets is pretty nasty for Tiger and Era. You have to be very quick and like if you get a weird pattern on it, like it might be way too tight to dodge.
0: Oh yeah, oh I see. Um,
2: I don't know. I mean, I haven't played Panzer enough. They. Like like you said in the, the write up you made, um, I think uh, they seem fairly balanced, but maybe it's not as balanced as it seems. But I think, I think cars... Tyler
1: can make a uh, lot more consistent routes. a uh, lot more safe, I think. Maybe. The sponsor That's has like... to like move, out, move around a lot to like get every all, all the enemies, and then you get like spread all the suicide bullets around. <laughs>
0: right. and you
2: have to like dodge. Mm, yeah, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't played loot 2 as much with panzer but um
0: i would imagine though panzer could point blank shit really fast since he can just get up on there maybe that might might, be an advantage
2: yeah i think that the idea is that to sort of make up for that with um lock shot being able to get up quicker yeah if you get up quick if you're really um close to enemy there's not too much of a difference between lock speed so there's still a tiny bit but it's not too bad
0: i tested that
2: Pretty much all my loop one routes well uh, when I played Panzer I didn't do some of the harder strats just because like maybe it won't work or maybe slightly different, it might mess it up.
1: But um I just uh I just remember like dying on like the two five mid boss because oh. I wasn't locking onto the-, <laughs> the left hood the- the-
2: fast uh, <laughs> Most of my um most of my routes seem to work uh fine with Panzer though. There's some downsides and upsides to it. There is one thing for Ura I know that um Panzer uh it makes it pretty effortless to shot kill enemies for multiplier management, like large enemies, because um you'll want to do that so you don't waste multiplier on uh shitty enemies. But um yeah, it just feels very effortless with Panzer because you get full damage, like full shot damage with Panzer as long as like you're hitting the enemy pretty much. Because like I think they do like the same damage um overall, but like uh, Panzer's uh, yes. shot damage is more concentrated, right? <laughs> Whereas Panzer or er, Tiger, you have to be up closer, which um, we usually make enemies survive like a little longer, and uh, you have to put more effort into being close to them. So, when I messed around with Panzer too, like a little bit, I didn't notice that. That was one advantage. There's probably downsides too.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say you're correct because what's funny is if you play the Ketsui DS port, there's like a little um, segment in there or something where it talks about the ship types, and it says Panzer and Tiger. Uh tiger technically has more damage, but you need to hit it with literally all of your shot more? in order to do that damage. Whereas Panzer does more damage more often because you're hitting it with all your shots. Mm,
2: well, if it says it does more, maybe it does, but I, I was under the assumption that it probably did like the same if you're point blank with both, but maybe not. Maybe it's slightly more tiger or something, I you don't know.
0: Yeah, that's that's what it said on yeah, the I just
1: DS. Remember, I, like, uh, I just kinda remember like back in the day when I didn't route the game much yet. I thought that uh, Panzer was like easier for the second loop than Tiger, because you have like more leeway, I guess. The more the bigger speed can like dodge things mm-hmm. more easily on sideweed. In that sense, I thought like Panzer was like easier than Tiger. But once you route the game, then Tiger was a lot easier than, uh, than Panzer.
0: Ah, oh, interesting. Well, I'm gonna be playing Panzer in the Motel loop, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Another question I had before we finish our talk about Ketsui and scoring everything is, do you have any interest now that you've got a big old Ura score, the world record in Ura, to target world record in Emote? Oh, yeah.
2: I mean, yeah, I probably will. It's pretty low effort at this point. I just need to, like, relearn all the routes and do some runs. It doesn't take too long. Um, Unless I just, like, end up having no motivation to do that or something, I'll probably do it at some point.
0: Yeah, that would be really cool to have to have both the Emote and the uh, yeah. Ura world record.
2: There, There's a lot of room for improvement still on the Emote record as well. So I'd maybe go for like at this point, I'd maybe go for like aim for like a 530 mil as like a Emote goal. The world record is 507 currently.
0: Oh, wow. So that would be, yeah, that'd be a big jump. Yeah.
2: It would be, um, I think it would be have to require, like, fairly good scoring, so I'd maybe have to get a few, like, successful no-miss rounds, but no-missing on shouldn't be, like, too crazy.
0: Right, there's no Doom. <laughs> you don't have to worry about Doom at the end.
2: Well, there's no Doom, and also, um, <laughs> the rest of the second loop is just way, way easier as well. Right, very true. But there is, there is some score bombing going on, actually, but, um, the easier difficulties should make up for it.
1: Yeah, speaking of doom actually uh, Panzer is also like easier on doom i think
2: oh yeah, uh, uh, just like, thing is...
1: for the final just for the final pattern i think
2: I think it's one thing easier was... because of the speed nice yeah one th- one thing with panzer i think Panzer in general is probably like nice for bosses or yeah, mid bosses yeah because it feels that way you you have like slightly more movement speed right which um mm-hmm. on yeah. a lot of a lot of patterns can make um macro dodging like feel uh way less tight and uh yeah, i feel uh i feel like you, was, lanes... you lose um you lose pretty much no precision because it's just such a slight speed boost but it can matter for macro dodging i think it's better yeah i
1: feel like those time. lanes on like the doom final it's a minor i like the it's perfect speed for like a panzer to like weave through yeah mm, focused.
2: And you gotta go for the no 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 miss no bomb panzer at all
0: when i did some doom practice with panzer i i definitely know what you're saying. Where it felt like definitely Panzer had some had some movement advantage on that boss as opposed to Tiger. Mm. Well, Moglar, now that you're like, you know, just destroying Ketsui, are any other shmups catching your eye at all? And if so, which shmups? Well,
2: there's a lot of shmups that I might play in the future. I don't know entirely how far I'll go with all of them. I think the games of the most interest, though, are in Pro Gear and Dragon Blaze.
0: Oh, nice dragon blaze surprises me uh, i didn't know you're a fan of that
2: dragon uh, i think most psyche was pretty boring to me from what i've seen but dragon blaze is really good because um the dragon shot system with its scoring is like really aggressive and uh, fun and it's just, that seems it's really difficult to optimize
1: second loop so, is basically ura loop but without bullet ceiling.
2: <laughs> also uh I haven't played too much Psycho, but the patterns seem fairly fun for Psycho games. Also, when I'm motivated by like a good uh, scoring system, I find it easier to actually like get myself to learn the patterns, because you really need to learn those Psycho patterns. I don't really want to do it if it's uh, boring scoring.
0: Right. So no Sengoku Blade, basically. <laughs> that no. game looks crazy.
2: Or most, uh, most Psycho. Yeah, there. There's also Space Bomber, which has some more involved scoring as well. I'm interested in that game. Game seems fun. I wish they did more involve scoring. That's not just like the coin timing thing or metal timing thing like every time, because um, Dragon Blaze and uh, Space Bomber are both really cool.
0: Jammers, do you have any particular scoring goals or games in mind that you are looking into playing for score right now?
1: Um, Not sure, actually. <laughs> might might um, look into Bayojo uh, at some point.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking.
1: I think that's probably, like, the best best game out there to learn for score, I think.
0: That, would, the most, be, you know, that would be the awesome. Warning. Jamers plus DOJ, that would... Well, you you got DDP, now you're going after DOJ. It makes sense. It makes absolute sense. Yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah. <laughs> would you be playing but White yeah. Label or Black Label?
1: I do want to clear White Label at some point. So yes. maybe that's for <laughs> us. Just, just clear White Label and then do, like, scoring on Black Label. Probably what... Yeah best thing you can do <laughs>
2: I'd, I'd probably do the same white label Might do is the same again.
0: white label cool. It, it, it feels i kind of have a, a partiality towards white label though like i have the exact same opinion i wouldn't want to play it for score though i think i'd go with uh, black label for scoring but playing white label for survival seems really fun
1: yeah it's it's a pretty uh cool clear to have
0: <laughs> especially since it, it it feels a little bit more donanpachi like to me than black label does like it the, the lack of hypers and all that sort of stuff.
1: Uh, you still get quite a lot in uh, White Label. So, what about the hit, yeah. hitbox?
2: Yeah. Doesn't the, isn't yeah. the hitbox more similar to DDP? Yes. The, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, because, yeah, white yeah. Label, it's probably the worst thing about White Label for me. I've, I've not played White Label much, but when I played it, oh my god. In Black Label, it's like you, you fail to die. You just go through a wall of bullets and it's like, Okay, that was unexpected. And then <laughs> White Label, for me, because I've mostly played Black Label, it's the opposite, where I yes. just get I get hit when I'm completely not expecting it. And it's really annoying.
0: A great example of that is that one... Well, it's mostly happening
2: in practice. I think in a in full runs, I'd probably be more attentive to make sure it wouldn't happen, hopefully. But in practice, I was messing around like two 3, and it was happening all the time, I was able to tell.
0: Yeah, a great example of that on, on White Label versus Black Label with the hitboxes is that one boss in stage five where it drops the bombs and you have to like go um. in between the bombs on black label it's like not an issue i i don't know if i've died to that part in a run like in a serious run on black label ever but on white label Please. it's scary as shit because it's like you're way tighter squeezed to get in there and i have died to that a few times on white label i can see that also the the final boss in black label like the the stage five boss and black label, you can get away with some real, some real squeaky dodges in that. And then in white label, it's much scarier.
1: Yeah, black label, you can just like sit still for a washing machine.
0: <laughs> just and wiggle
1: white... a bit, and then you're probably fine. Yeah, doesn't work in white machine.
2: label. <laughs> white oh. label, you just, you just die on the washing machine. Pretty
1: yeah, it's it's completely unnoticable in white
0: label. Well, I'm really looking forward <laughs> to see gamers playing some DOJ. That would be that would make my yeah. day because I'd love to see that.
2: In black way, will you just wiggle in like a specific way and like a lot of the time you can survive just by doing that without really reading much at all? You just wiggle in like (laughs) this, wiggle in the specific rhythm and it's like, that was, uh, it lasted quite a while there.
0: Uh, Any ideas on what ship type you'll play, Jamers? Will you play type B or type A?
2: B-L. Yes,
1: actually. I don't know. Probably BX.
0: I like both ship types in DOJ quite a bit. Uh, I actually like playing them both. It's one of the few shmups where I feel like I can play almost fairly qu- equivalently across both the ships. Probably I'm still a little bit better with uh, Type B over Type A, but not a whole lot. So I w- I was curious which one you would play. Probably Type B, I'm guessing, since that's a little bit more like CL than Type A. But
1: Yeah, probably BX if
2: I had to choose.
0: Oh yeah, expert for sure. <laughs> like playing the other ship, the other subtypes uh, in DOJ is always kind of kind of funny.
2: B, I I've not routed too much of loop two, but like playing B makes loop two so much easier. Oh yeah, for my uh-huh. <laughs> unrouted play, but if you just route it, like that issue is probably gonna go away. So
0: yeah, type B. Also, I don't get why they abandoned that ship style because I think it's super cool. I know the chopper is awesome, so I, I know they brought back the choppers, but I do actually like the design of the Type B ship in DOJ quite a bit. It's like a, I don't know, it looks like a submarine type ship, like a marine, a ship you'd fly above the water or something. It's really cool. I
2: think A looks really cool. I'm not sure if I think B looks too cool personally.
0: <laughs> I think they're both great looking ships. So, any final thoughts before we end the episode?
1: Yeah, I just want to like congratulate Mokla again. Absolutely, doing that, uh, absolutely <laughs> insane, you. insane score. Seemingly unprecedented. I know. Yeah. What, were, what were
0: your <laughs> thoughts when you first saw that he broke mm. the world record? Were you shocked? Were you like, ah, I, I saw, it, I saw it coming.
1: I saw it coming. Yeah, <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it was, it was going to happen eventually. From how, uh, how, how well he was doing, and how crazy he was, how dedicated he was. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, exactly crazy. Yeah.
0: Well, any final thoughts, Moglar? Mm, I
2: don't know. Play Katsui, Play Pro Gear. Play Dragon Boys.
0: Oh, actually, there's one last topic I want to quickly go over. I oh, got it. Okay. So one last topic. Do you think that the quality of the PS4 port, having that particular port was a huge boost to your like engagement with the game? Like, Would you have dedicated this much time and effort into the game had it been on MAME or emulation? Or was mm-hmm. the fact that it had the online leaderboards... And the online replays and all that stuff was that a big factor for you
2: Mm, i didn't look at the replays too. the leaderboards are fun but i didn't look at the replays too much because it's kind of a pain to watch them in m2 port yeah the fast forward the replays is the worst part of the m2 port i don't know what they're doing with that but um aside from them automatically saving and all that stuff but um yeah it's very possible like um I think especially the big thing, which I don't use it anymore, at least in runs, because uh, I want to feel more legit. But um, for a long time, I think um, the f- the fixed uh, multiplier counter, like the gadget for the multiplier counter, where you can look uh at the side and see what your actual multiplier is at any time, because the normal multiplier in game, um, the larger one, it just counts up and up and up, and like you never know what you're actually at. Right. And uh, especially for, like, um, IL grinding, uh, individual level grinding, trying to, like, improve my scoring. Like, it was super satisfying um, being able to see what the actual number was and, like, I keep, like, bumping it up over time and uh, seeing what I'm doing well. It, it just feels really good. Don't use it much anymore, but, yeah, that, that was possibly a big thing, keeping me engaged through it long term.
0: Yeah, and I, I had the Grega same experience also. with the, the Grega port, where that rank graph, going for my first clear mm-hmm. Grega, was insanely helpful. Like, having that rank graph, I cannot tell you how useful that was for me uh, with my routing and figuring out what to do. I found
2: the rank graph pretty interesting yeah. when I played Grega, but yeah, I noticed some things um about rank because of the rank gap graph. Like, I noticed... um when you get like a full bomb pickup instead of just like a fragment you get a big boost in um uh, rank or maybe it's not a huge boost but there's a significant boost in rank when you actually fully fill up a bomb so i was like oh unless if i don't need to um like stock up a lot of bombs i should just try to stay under getting a full bomb and there's other stuff oh i also noticed the uh, the stage three boss milk i was like this is not that hard i'm just gonna do the milk apparently i noticed during some run that it boosts your rank a shitload and i was like <laughs> well okay i guess i guess that's why pe- not everyone does this yes. <laughs> now i know now i won't use this yeah
0: yeah i suspected the ps4 port of ketsui Deathly is uh still criminally underrated by the the world but also just i think even shmup players kind of sleep on how great that port is and how useful it yeah. is for learning the game and all the features yeah. it's just a complete beast
2: yeah and there's like it's got the best like mode selection as well it's got like ikd special and destiny both really good modes it was the first one out of arcade uh challenge mode which is really nice yeah There's the mode that gives you, like, the safe states of your death, which I used sometimes as well, that was kind of cool and fun.
0: Well, awesome. Thank you, you two, for joining the episode. This has been a really cool conversation. I'm really excited for people to hear all about uh, Katsui and Moglar's journey towards the world record, because I think more players, high-skilled Schmuck players, need more recognition in the world, because it it is kind of painful that you'll see all these Videos for speedrunners or whoever, and it's like okay, but I mean, come on, the amount of skill behind these scores and schmups is so insane. I, I i do want more people to recognize it and enjoy it. So, thanks so much for coming on the episode, you too. Yeah, no you.
2: it was a really fun discussion.
1: Yeah, it's always fun to uh, do these things, so <laughs> yep. yeah, no problem at all. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate you too coming on. Adios, everyone.
1: Bye
2: bye. See ya.
0: Thank you to the five dollar patrons, 100, 100 dingo, another Joe, Anthony, A, Aaron, Iodice, Aaron, Solus, Ben, Blur, STG, borgie twenty two, Brian, Reboot, Brian Shiver, Chris Yuzefovich, Chronic Burnout three, Corey, Mark, Daniel Savage, Darren Griffin, Delta Tango six, Disco Stas, Leia, DJ four twenty, Praise it, Dubs, Entropy, Eric H, FCK, Full Set, Retro Schmupper, Houseu, Ilya, Kiwi, JLab, JB, RPG, Joe Angelo, John Kelly, Game Boy Guru, K, K two, Kiko Man five eight nine, Larridge Malays, Mark, Tom. Poms, Maz, Megadeth, Minong, Mechalin, Mitchell Y, Queen Charlene, Nathaniel Davis, and Electron, Neon Dagger Games, Okaloos, Philip Mason, Portal Six Three, Rattocat, Raul, Real Skeen, Riff Mason, Shane Sintenski, SLW, The Boot Rex, The Real Ikuzo, The Dirty Screech, The Old Bensta, TRM, Sugumo, Twilight EX, Plasmo, and Yutagaya. Thanks for watching.